Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. I'm glad you could join us today as we are a bunch of sports junkies debating about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm your host, Wesley Splain. Joining me today are Anthony Fertini, Brandon Farrell, and back for another round, Dolphins fanatic, Bobby O'Hara. What's up, fellas? What's up, guys? How's it going? What's up, boys? Glad to be back. It is a nice and crispy day out. We're all in Jersey. Oh, yeah. Down in Tampa. I forgot. Oh, beautiful. Beaches are open. Now, has Tom Brady walked in your house yet? (laughs) Uh, No. I I invited him over, but he's he's busy. Him and Gronk are uh, are training right now, trying to get back on pace. So maybe tomorrow we're going to come over, watch some film. Or he's going to come over, watch some film. Uh, Gronk's going to bring some beer. And Brady's going to bring some wine and cheese. It'll be a good time. Gronk will be bringing like Bush Light. Brady will be drink bringing like uh, vodka and kale shake. Uh, Brady drinks Pinot Grigio. He's classy man. <laughs> Does Brady just drink champagne? Right? I don't. Uh, I don't see no, him no, drink no. beer. No, he doesn't nah, drink champagne. Doesn't he drink just beer. he just he just pees champagne. He pisses champagne. <laughs> Get two glasses of wine tonight. That's it. <laughs> he drinks goat milk. That's what it is. <laughs> Mix that up with some gin and like uh, rum chata. He's a classy man. I mean, come Mm-mm-mm. on, making me hungry. I don't know about hungry like that. So it's been a really busy week in the sports topics wise. A lot of chatter in the NFL. We got some possible sports returning. Uh, a lot of documentaries releasing this week. So it was a very interesting sports week. Um, Trailville might be open, Anthony. Should have never closed. Should have never closed. Was no that one's getting seven? in your face. You're in your own car. But look, you got to be safe. So I'm not against it. But And look, with the chatter in the NFL, all eyeballs are over Green Bay this whole past week with the move that they made last week in the first round picking Jordan Love with the first round pick. And thinking, oh, Aaron Rodgers is getting a new target, but instead they're looking for the future. A lot of chitter chatter has been going back and forth. A lot of uh, Packer reps have been coming out. A lot of Packer beat writers have been coming out saying this should be it for Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of miscommunication going on back and forth between Rodgers camp and the Green Bay front office. Lots of stuff going on over in Lambeau Field. So there is – Tension between Rodgers and um, Green Bay, as Brett Favre alluded to on a Rich Eisen show when he came on to be a guest, saying that this might be it. I think he'll play somewhere else, quote-unquote. And Brett Favre pretty much groomed Aaron Rodgers. He was sat three years behind Favre when Aaron Rodgers first got there in Green Bay. So, obviously, Aaron Rodgers was asking Brett Favre for advice. And Bob McGinn, who's been a beat writer for the Packers for four decades, basically said um, with a first-round talent on the roster, Packers would gain leverage with their imperial quarterback as he's passive-aggressive style. If the Packers indeed want to be a running team next year, they certainly don't want Rodgers rocking the boat and becoming even more difficult to coach. So a lot of tension, it seems like, that's going to be happening through training camp and throughout the whole season. Uh, Guys, what do you think about this whole Rodgers versus Green Bay I don't think it's a it's a surprise really. Um, just the whole Brett Favre thing, and then the Mike um, Mike McCarthy situation. It's just 
it, it's very cutthroat in the NFL. I've said this before. Not not like I've ever played in it or coached it, but I mean, you just see it and you hear it from other players. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it just seems like an organization that's very tough to play for. So, I mean, this is kind of something like you could kind of see the writing on the wall after Mike McCarthy got fired and uh, shit. What's his name? Matt Flafua. How can you that's forget? What, that's what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> after after he took over, I mean, you could kind of tell. I mean, there was a little bit of tension between him and, between him and Rodgers, so it's not a surprise he wanted to go out and draft a young quarterback uh, that would fit more of his offensive play scheme, I think. And, I mean, like Brett Favre said, a lot of the uh, like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre himself, they've all split ways from their teams at the end of their careers and played elsewhere. So it wouldn't be a surprise if Rodgers jumps ship, whether it's this year, next year, or three years down the line. Um, but I think they're wanting, they're going to want to keep him on board and they're going to want to keep him happy so they could train so he could groom this this Jordan Love kid for a while. Now, Bobby, coming from a franchise who loves just to throw quarterbacks right out the window, what is your perspective on this? Um, I think that, uh, it's, it's interesting that people haven't brought up that this is not the first time that the Packers have gone this, this route in the draft where they've drafted a quarterback decently high. I mean, they took Kaiser a few years ago. I mean, he's been dealing with them bringing in guys behind him for a while now. Uh, I've always said it's interesting because Rogers personality always seems to be very weird like around the NFL there's a lot of like talk about him as just a person in general he's a very like to himself type of guy it's very weird um so I think a lot of people have been saying that about his career but if you look at the way they drafted it's 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 very interesting to me that one they brought in a quarterback who is definitely not a ready to go type quarterback out of this draft class he's probably the least ready to go quarterback out of this draft class but he does fit a little floor type of offense if it works out second thing is They've been needing some receiver talent in Green Bay for a long time. They're on, they're in the playoffs. They're they're a game away from the Super Bowl. This team did not draft a single receiver in probably the best receiving draft we've seen in the last twenty years of football. So, and if you check their unrestricted free agents, their undrafted free agents list, I don't think they they picked up any receivers as well. So, at least the last time I checked. So 36 receivers were drafted in this year's draft, not one by Green Bay. It, there's not one. And I think 36. The, day of, the day after the draft, when people were picking up these, um, these guys who weren't drafted, I don't think they picked up a receiver then either. So it's very interesting to see. I mean, this whole thing spells disrespect all over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, entering the 2018 season, he signed a four-year, $134 million contract extension. So when they renegotiated in December to make it a little cap-friendly to bring in some talent, it was mostly loaded on the two front years in 2021 and 2022. But in 2023 and 2024, it's kind of low low ball a little bit. He's not as expensive as he would, and all that guaranteed money will be in the first two years. Oh, and Wes, I I also got to say, I was watching that draft, and – the reason that trade happened was because my, my squad traded back. I think what's interesting is I don't think many people would have batted an eye if they just took a quarterback there. That's shocking by itself. But the fact that they actually traded up in the first round to go and get a certain quarterback is also very interesting on my, um, from my part, from seeing that as a fan as well. The fact that they actually traded up in the round to get a quarterback and didn't even take him at their spot 
is very interesting. And this is a team that not only made the NFC Championship game, but got steamrolled. I mean, like, ran over by San Francisco. So, like, they needed help elsewhere, too, besides receiver. Maybe help on the defensive side, get a linebacker stuff, and maybe get, like, another pure blocker on the line of scrimmage. So it was very interesting to see them go with the young kid, Jordan Love, which now, in his own defense, is going to have so much pressure on him. So many eyeballs are going to be on this during training camp. And in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade and hold out because this Green Bay franchise just seems like they're not in win-now mode. And this is a team that is in win-now mode. So they're seeing everything clearly different. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers being 36 years old, and at the tail end of my career, essentially on the back nine from what he quoted back in the season, I would try to get elsewhere. Maybe go to like Green Bay or not Green Bay. Maybe go to like Los Angeles Chargers, Patriots, Jaguars, Bills, Raiders. I mean, there's 20 teams right now that would take Aaron Rodgers and stop everything and do it. I've seen it happen with the Broncos. They had yeah. Tim Tebow and stop everything to get Peyton Manning in. There's at it's least more yeah, than. Yeah, majority of the league would definitely take in Aaron Rodgers, well, and it just seems like the Packers aren't one of those teams. If go to I'm the Bears. Aaron Rodgers, I want to take – I'll go – dude, look, if you're Aaron Rodgers, 36, year old, 36 years old, you're a veteran, you've made it to Super Bowls, you know you have the end in the NFL. Go, like you said, Wes, you can go anywhere. Go to the one of the worst teams in the league and be a star there, right? You can you, you're controlling the offense. I mean, in, in a certain way, you still have a coach that tells you what to do, but you're running the offense essentially, and just be a star at some at another place that may be a better fit for him. Because clearly, Green Bay is not working out, and you know how a lot of organizations if they just don't like you, they'll cut you too. Like look at Bill O'Brien and um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it's like a perfect example. Oh, we just never had a relationship. Well, you're one of the best receivers in the league, and you never had a relationship with your coach. I just don't think that's that right. I mean, you're not asking me buddy-buddy with the guy, but if you had to say good things about him, I hope that he'd be able to say good things about uh, DeAndre Hopkins and vice versa. But the quarterback position in the NFL is, is we are in the time right now where the game is actually changing. This is one of the most interesting positions in the game of football in the NFL, not college in the NFL, is that you have guys like Lamar Jackson. You got to have guys like Patrick Mahomes, right? These guys, they can run all over the field. Not so much Mahomes, but Lamar uh, Jackson. But then you also have your Tom Brady, your Matt Ryan, those type of guys. So it's a it's a big stretch in the NFL of, of what teams are trying to do now. Are they want to go with that veteran quarterback and throw the ball well? Or do they want to go with somebody a little bit more who's dynamic? who can run the ball, who can fake out a defense and, and get, you know, 30 yards or 40 yards off a play that looks like it's never going to do anything. But, uh, that, so. type of, that type of, like, quarterback to me always just – it doesn't last, though, to me. So, I mean, like, I still think the game's changing towards a college type of, like, style, like you said, where the quarterback can make those plays. But I think most franchises still want to keep their quarterback in the pocket um, because it just it, – it's longevity at the end of the day. But um, it's interesting because Rodgers, if you are going down the route of saying, well, he's never going to leave. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Perfect example. People thought he was never going to leave New England. And here's a perfect example. He's gone. 
So don't I, I don't I don't believe that anyone's safe in the in the league anymore from going anywhere. Rodgers may be hailed in Green Bay, but I, mean, I just saw Tom Brady leave the Patriots. So it's not out of possibility. And I think if you look at teams that could use a quarterback and succeed now, it's right in his division. Look at Chicago and look at the Vikings. I think those teams with a star quarterback are playoff potential Super Bowl type of teams right there. Should he go to Chicago? You guys took you guys took the words right out of my mouth. I can't. I got nothing left to say. He could go to any team he wants, man. I mean, look at look at the running back situation in the NFL last year. Guys held out and they got exactly what they wanted. Aaron Rodgers would have no problem doing that. He can go to any team he wants without a problem and get paid top dollar. So well, I think the problem is that he's has such a big cap hit that it would just hurt the Packers if they were to trade him this year. I think it's like a $35, $36 million cap hit that is just like, you can't do that. And Jordan Love's not ready this year. No, absolutely not. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would give Jordan Love all the secrets to make him kind of get pushed out of Green Bay, essentially, and make them believe in Jordan Love. I and mean, that's what, Alex, that's what Alex Smith did for Patrick Mahomes. Now look at Patrick Mahomes. And Well, like it was injuries, too, with the Colin Kaepernick situation as well. And those quarterbacks convinced the franchises at that point was like, hey, we need to roll with the hot hand and go with these guys. I, I think the whole reason, too, why Aaron Rodgers is leaving, because I really don't think he's getting along with a lot of people in an organization, or at least the coach. Because why would you want to get rid of somebody if you have a good relationship with them? And obviously, you have to produce. That's the whole whole point of the NFL is you have to produce. You have to come in every day and be able to work at 100%. But it just it's things that we've seen on TV too of just not getting along with his brother or his family and he always looks not yep. happy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you guys can see it on his face yep. when you watch it on TV. It just does not look like a happy person. And I think that could have definitely affect him and get into his um, you know, his football career a bit. Not saying it really shows, but you see signs of him sometimes I guess not focused or just not with it and who knows what's going on. I mean, it's crazy because Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, in the in the in the pocket and you know his movement out to get outside the pocket is to me is the most talented gunslinger in the NFL in the last few years. I mean, he's better than Brady. He's better than um, Peyton was when it comes to throwing the ball. Town, town. He's like Russell Wilson. He makes plays out of the pocket. Absolutely, and I love Russell. But as far as gunslinger. He is the best thrower of the football I've seen probably since a Marino type where he can just put, the, put it on a dart. And the fact that they've wasted this man's career is got to be aggravating the Packers fans. I mean, he got that one, and people thought when he won that one Super Bowl, he was going to be back again and again and again. And they That's why I think it's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. But you look at Kansas City, they got a really good team around them. And I don't West know about – Packers. West, the Packers – Yes, they added Lyman in this draft, but they didn't they didn't draft one in the first round. They didn't draft the receiver in the first round. They got a quarterback and then they took a running back later in the draft when they have two good running backs. They took players at, at, at non need positions. I don't understand why you're It's Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, running. right? Yeah. Yeah, those yeah, guys they, they, they both, they, Yeah, they both had great seasons. Exactly. Why are you why are you not taking a receiver there? If you're a Packers fan, I'm irate. Why are you taking a running back there when we when we need talent on the outside for our quarterback to throw to? I mean, I would be pissed. Well, they haven't picked a receiver ever since Aaron Rodgers has been there since 2005. It's, no it's offensive help in the first round, which is kind of nuts when you look at it from that perspective. Now, 
this is a guy who literally came on national airwaves before the first round started saying he wanted to finish his career as a Packer and compete to win another Lombardi for those loyal cheeseheads in Lambeau. So, like, teams should do everything to surround their Hall of Fame quarterback with all that talent on a win-now team, and Green Bay, for some reason, just hasn't gotten that mindset yet. Now, is Ted Ted Thompson's the GM, right? Or is it, like – because they have a different situation with the owners because it's like the fans like own the team or whatever, right? So it's like yeah, a bit different. It's weird. But it's like it's amazing because you look at teams like the Raiders and the Eagles where, in my opinion, the quarterbacks haven't really last, uh, got to that level that we all expected out of them. And they are putting receivers around them to make them better. Like they are, Those organizations are making sure those quarterbacks look good on Sunday because they're giving them every single weapon they can possibly give them. Then you have a guy like Rodgers who's talented as it is, and, they, and that organization's not giving them anything to work with. It's, it's got to be frustrating for the Packers fans. At the end of the day, who knows what the real reasons are of why players get traded to certain teams. It could seriously be simple as a mentorship for a player, saying, oh, well, I think Peyton Manning's going to be a great mentor, mentor to so-and-so. Yeah, he could throw the ball and play football, but he's going to be a great mentor to unlock the potential of so-and-so. You know, I know it sounds really crazy, but we have to think a little bit outside the box. I know I said once again, it's all about performing, but uh, you, like we've seen crazy stuff in sports, man. You see crazy stuff in sports, and you never know what the real reason is why players go to certain certain teams. You can talk from the Giants' perspective with Eli Manning. They really didn't surround him with offensive line help or the Giant or wide receiver for a little bit, so... So the, the trend I'm starting to see is that uh, no matter how good of a quarterback you are and what your reputation is, the older you get and the more towards the end of the career, uh, end of your career, the less your team and your organization is going to care about you. As, as we see the trend, everyone wants to go younger. Everyone's yeah. building in the draft. So it's not yeah. a surprise this is happening with Aaron Rodgers at the moment right now. If I were him, I'd be upset. And obviously teams would do anything they could to get him right now. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm not playing for the Packers next season after all of this. I mean, you want to draft a young quarterback, then you you bring him up because I'm not. I'm going elsewhere. And, and the Packers are awful without him. I mean, they were 7-9 yeah. when he kept getting hurt, and they were a non-contender whatsoever. And exactly. he comes back in their 13-3. and three. What type of person is Rodgers? That's the end of the day. Like, He's a California guy. Who dude. wants to mentor a kid? <laughs> or, is he, or is he spiteful? Is he like, I'm not mentoring this kid? Dude's got a house in Malibu and lives in Green Bay for like half the year. It kind of seems, uh, I don't know if I'd want to be mentored under him, honestly, if I was a... Me either. I mean, yeah. I don't know him personally, but he, he he just seems like a guy that's just like would one word answer. Like, yeah. Aaron, what, what did I do? Like, should I... Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and like walk away. Well, look, here's the, here's the thing with the football thing. Um, when you're coming from like mentoring kids and like understanding the playbooks, like everyone's helping everybody. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers needs to be a quarterback coach to Jordan Love be like, hey, I don't agree with the way your feet were set here and make them set here. It's just like Jordan Love's going to come up to Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, I saw you check out of that uh, pass on that third down. Why'd you do that? And then Aaron will just answer the question. I think Aaron Rodgers would be totally fine with Jordan Love. It's just Aaron Rodgers just doesn't trust the front office of this organization that seems like they're planning for the future, and he just wants to win championships right now. Which could, they should be. Could very much be, yeah. Could very he, much be. That's all the time he has is right now. He's not getting any younger. 
Yeah, exactly. You didn't see New Orleans pick up um, a quarterback in the draft or draft one very high. Mm-hmm. They built their team around Drew Brees right now, and they signed Jameis Winston in free agency to like a $1 million contract in case they actually need to go to uh, a backup quarterback, <laughs> which brings me up to Jameis Winston. So, like, yeah, he signed with the Saints. Uh, other quarterback news going around the quarterback carousel. Andy Dalton got released by the Bengals. He's joining Cam Newton to be on the unrestricted free agent list for quarterbacks. It seems like the quarterback market is getting very big, but there's not much demand for the quarterback position. So, guys, what do you think about Jameis Winston going to the Saints and just Andy Dalton, Cam Newton just trying to find teams right now? I think Jameis Winston was a safe pickup by the Saints. I mean, they also have Taysom Hill, but we know he's not a quarterback. He's he's more of a receiver than he is a quarterback for them. Uh, so I think Jameis Winston is a safe bet. Granted, Drew Brees never gets hurt, knock on wood, because now he probably will. Well, he did uh, last year. <laughs> yeah, for the one time in his life he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You're rolling the dice either way. I mean, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton really aren't any better. Uh, and Andy Dalton, I think right now in, at, his, at his stage in his career, he, he would be a great backup. And Cam Newton, I think he could still start, but he just needs to find the right fit. Yeah, that's very true, Brad. And it's it's uh, James Win- James James Winston. Gotta James Winston. This. James <laughs> Winston. I can't even say this guy's name. Sounds like a Western like movie star. Sounds James. like some like like seventeen hundreds like English guy. James. <laughs> Like, what is that? Winston Churchill or whatever? <laughs> That's a, okay, so James Winston is a good pickup by the Saints for sure. Like, I mean, I'm pretty much going to agree with Brandon. I'm not going to say any more, any less. It's, it's you know, he's going to be backing up Drew Brees. And, uh, you know, what happens from here? Is he going to learn under Drew and then go to another team and start? Who knows? But as of right now, he's under the Saints. And um, Andy Dalton. I don't I don't know what's going to happen with him. He just didn't really have a good career in Cincinnati. And then Cam Newton could definitely be a starter, but like Brandon said, he has to have he has to find the right fit. He has mm. to find what team is going to work best for his style cuz he cannot be anybody else but himself. I don't see him changing the way he plays plays the game. He's got a big body. He wants to run at times and you know, it's fine with doing that, but he just needs to find the fit that's best for him. Well, Cam has a big ego too. So that's I, another I mean, problem. Yeah, that is a, that's the problem why probably didn't work out in Carolina. He needs to calm himself. That's the problem why it's not going to happen in New England as well. Uh, True, it was never going to happen. I love the media that were saying Cam to New England. It, it was never happened. It's never going to happen. That personality in New, New England under Belichick, no way. And the thing with Cam is, he's not going to get signed, in my opinion, until we're out of this pandemic. Because he needs to be checked medically and cleared medically by team doctors. And if you're not allowed to get your hands on him, I don't see how you're throwing any money at the wall on this guy. Because his mechanics were so, so skewed last year based on his injuries. You can tell that he was, he was hurt last year based on the way he was throwing mechanics were. It was just completely off. You watched that Tampa game, I think it was, a Monday night or Thursday night game. He looked just completely inaccurate. And it was partially because you could just tell... He was favoring that injury. I mean, coming back from a shoulder injury, especially when it's your throwing arm, it's it's very tough. You got this whole labrum and rotator cuff repaired. So, and also, New England's not going to gut their system to 
form around Cam Newton either. I think New England's got their guys in Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. As weird as that sounds to be their starting quarterbacks, I mean, they're not going to – Josh McDaniels is not going to change his whole entire system to fit around Cam Newton. Now, Andy Dalton fits that system better because Andy Dalton's good at quick releases – and Ant, you're kind of disrespecting the Red Rifle a little bit. He was pretty good in Cincinnati. Led him to a bunch of playoff appearances. Unfortunately, no playoff wins because of Vontaze Burfick sometimes. But <laughs> in general, he, he did pretty good. And this year, it was just Cincinnati had a trashy team a little bit. He literally had nothing out on the outside. or He, pre- he pretty much had Joe Mixon. It was like, here you go. Good luck, buddy. And had like a coach that was like 10 years younger than him. <laughs> I so, want to say maybe talking about more longevity for the guy than rather than saying, yeah, I could take that back for sure, saying not having a good career in Cincinnati, but being your starter who produces wins for the team. Yeah, I got you there. It's like, not he does, him. He it's doesn't him, win games for you. That's what you're trying to say. When quarterbacks, you're, you Big kind of games. attributes. Yeah, he fell off the ladder a lot later in the 2016-17 mark. But, yeah, previous years he was pretty good. I will take back what I said. and but uh, I think he's a good fit for Jacksonville because Jacksonville has just been so quiet when it comes to their quarterbacks. They, it's like they're all in on Gardner Minshew. No one's believing that. They're all in on Trevor Lawrence, Wes. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> that, too. You never know. I mean, you need – possibly a veteran if you're going to go with the Gardner Minshew program. You can't just have a Gardner Minshew in there playing with a bunch of scraps. I mean, who's to say New England doesn't get one of these top guys now? Who else is in need of a quarterback after this draft? That's what I'm saying. The demand is so low for quarterbacks that numerous quarterbacks are now on the free agent market. Teams that needed quarterbacks went into this draft, and I honestly think the top three quarterbacks could be the, or the actual answer for the top three teams in the draft this year. Those teams are not getting a quarterback because they're going to be invested in them the next five years anyway. So, I mean, how many teams need a quarterback going into next year's draft now? You know, you started Well, the Bears him. just declined uh, Trubinsky's fifth-year option, so maybe them. Maybe. That maybe. Feels, field is – the it's, it's a saturated – Sports is a saturated field. You have so many options to pick from. So it, it's almost – it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of luck. It's almost near impossible to stay with the team for, let's say, 10 seasons plus, like, uh, like uh, Tom Brady or Brett Favre or Dan Marino, somebody like that, because it's just, like I said, so saturated. It's so yep. hard with so many options – you can go. You can go from the draft. You can go get a quarterback from another team. You can sign a free agent, and it's one position. One you play sixteen games a year. Sixteen, yep. and it's yep. not football is not one of this one of these games where it's like okay, well we'll have you pay, play three games, and then you'll play three, and then the next three you'll play three, and then the right. next three. No, it's. You are our starter quarterback, starting quarterback. And we've even seen it with other teams where quarterbacks were so bad, but right. they were still assumed the but, starter quarterback. But the thing is, and the thing that people have to realize, like I think one of you guys was saying the quarterback position is changing, and it is, but the other thing is strategy in the NFL is changing. People are realizing that quarterback rookie contracts are not nearly as guaranteed as they used to anymore. So there, you know, now if you draft a quarterback and you don't like him in the first few years, you can give him up completely, throw him away, 
like the Cardinals did, deal them away, and you could draft another quarterback and, and get someone else in the room immediately. It's not like the old days where I think Stafford was the last one who had a big money contract coming out of the gate. And now teams are also realizing that if you can build a solid team and foundation like the Chiefs and then bring in a quarterback on a rookie contract for four years and not have to pay him the top dollar and the rest of the team you can build around, that's the, that's the new mold that seems to be trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, Russell Wilson in Seattle, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you're seeing these young rookie quarterbacks in the first four years of their contract going to those Super Bowls because the rest of the team around them is good. Yeah, Sam Bradford just got lucky that his career just ended two years ago because then he would not be making as much money as he used to. I mean, what was that, the one-year $20 yeah. million from Arizona? <laughs> that guy was just making money left and right and just not doing anything. <laughs> so I'll throw this team out. You don't know what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do if this is Ben Roethlisberger's last year either. And Ben Roethlisberger has never played a full season healthy in years. And you really think Mason Rudolph and the Duck Hodges are the answer? Hell no. Those guys are trash. They really are. Here's my thing. I'm just going to close this out on my part as far as, um, you know, earning a spot in the NFL, earning a spot on a team coming from a coaching perspective. So simply put, if Aaron Rodgers wants to find a place on a team or any of these quarterbacks, number one, you got to give a shit about people. You got to care. Then you got to battle adversity because the game is tough. You got to be a student of the game and you have to lead. Real leaders, not fake ones. I'm talking about real leaders like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. They breed championships, right? Now, Aaron Rodgers, he may be a leader, but is he a real leader? And um, that goes for any other quarterback too, like Cam Newton. If you have, in my opinion, if you have those four qualities and that's only some of them, you can find any spot on any team and you can win. A Super Bowl, but it has to be you have to lead and you have to be an example for your team as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Giants could be in the market for another quarterback next year. Who knows? <laughs> not, not, feeling, not feeling it. Not feeling <laughs> it. Daniel Jones train. They they definitely won't be in the market for another quarterback, dude. They're gonna ride maybe, Daniel Jones train. Maybe Tua to the Giants. Yeah, well, I think they should have. I think they should have drafted Tua, but their mistake. Oh well. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine – the Giants would be that one team where David Gellman's like, well, I don't know if we know Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was talk that he was, like, loving Justin Herbert going to the draft. I mean, that guy talks awesome. all the time. I mean, he, he wore a face mask in his own, like, basement when there's no one yeah. around him. <laughs> Did you yeah. see the draft? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> That's your guy making all your team decisions for you. Right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for Giants fans. I feel bad for you, buddy. We're gonna I'm have to. Giant. I'm not a We're gonna have to do the Brandon Barrel uh, free agency tour for you. You can uh, check out all these other teams and. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a Buccaneers fan now, man. <laughs> I don't like the NFL, so I'm good. Tom Brady's down here in Tampa, and I'm 45 minutes from the stadium, so I'm good. Buccaneers there fan. There you go. Yeah, well, speaking of the possibility of sports, uh, some of these leagues are discussing coming back, coming from the NHL. They're thinking about coming back in June with like a training camp session and finishing the season in August and then pushing back in December while the NBA is kind of have a similar structure. Now, the NBA is 
looking more towards Mickey Mouse Land and Walt Disney World as their possible sites. I know Vegas was in the rumblings of being a possible neutral site place, but it seems like they're very zeroed in on getting Space Mountain and Epcot uh, a basketball arena in there and finishing the NBA season there. So we have that. We have NASCAR coming back. Who knows what MLB is going to do? I mean, baseball is probably going to be hurt by all these sports leagues trying to come back and finish their season. Um, NFL is going as planned. They said there's no changes or anything. They're going to go with the 16-game schedule this year and see what happens. Until then, some rumblings about college football being postponed with some of the conferences, but that's still up in the air. So a lot of good news right now, but it's one step to – many steps that need to be taken in order to get these seasons rolling. So let me just say this real quick. Um, Anthony and I had a quick conversation about all this, uh, not so much sports starting back up, but everything going on right now and everything being shut down. Uh, It's time. It's time for people to get back to work. It's time for people to get back to life. It's time for sports to pick back up. I mean, this thing ran its course. It's just like any other, any other virus or whatever was ran through the States before it's just you can't keep people shut down. You can't keep sports shut down. You can't have fans not in the arenas. That's just ridiculous. That still takes all the fun out of sports. You think players are going to want to show up to work every day and play for nobody? No, you can't do that. It, it's it's if if you want to open back up, I mean, if you want to give it time and you want to do it slowly and you want to start training camps, do something. Do it in a controlled environment, but any longer, and it just it doesn't make any sense. Now is the time to start opening sports and events back up let people come to these events and i mean just do it safely and do it slowly yeah i i agree to some extent because you don't want to overwhelm the hospitals and the people on the on the front lines battling this uh this virus i can't even imagine what it's like to be a nurse or or, uh emt or any of that right now or prior just what they're going through just long days not being able to go to the bathroom or touch their face if they have an itch or something it's just it's crazy. So I think, you know, there comes a time where you do have to get back to the normal way of life, but you got to be smart about it. Continue yep. to do what the experts are saying you should do because we're not in that position to say what to do and we need to respect it. So it means we shouldn't go out and start, you know, hanging out all over our buddies and stuff, drinking beers and stuff. Like you can enjoy yourself, but just do it smart. Do it um, how you're supposed to do it. Um, as far as the Corona thing thoughts, I am actually, I've been telling Wes for a long time, you guys, that I was not team Corona. I don't think anyone was, but I was very, I was like, I was still going out. I was like, I'm going to the gym, screw it. But I know I got to say this last week I've made a turnaround guys. I really have. Uh, it turns out that I am now taking some online classes. I am getting paid to be home and, um, I'm enjoying my life right now. I have only, I've made a turnaround and I think now I'm team Corona. Tua will get a red shirt season. Alex Morgan will be able to get a gold medal next year. So I'm starting to see the positives out of all of this. I think this is just a wake up call for everybody. Honestly, that <laughs> focus on the things that matter. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a lot of steps. You got the economy. They can't afford to be shut down for over two months. I mean, I don't want to really get political because sports is supposed no. to be the gateway out of that. But when it comes to having fans and, like, the players, it's all about safety now. Safety is going to be under a big microscope for the next two or three or even five years now. Wow. So it's just a matter of possibly getting a treatment for this and getting 
testing um, ramped up. I mean, it's a lot of steps that need to be taken in the right way, but it seems like these leagues from talking with the big time officials up in DC, as they've been doing for the past two months about, they have a set plan when it comes to timing uh, and finishing the season. I love the fact that the NHL and the NBA are trying to push their seasons back to December because some of those October and November games don't really do anything. It's mostly blowouts or meaningless <laughs> games and players yeah. getting hurt all the time. It's going to be so interesting for the NBA and the NHL because this is the biggest break that any of any of these players have had since they right. were five, six, seven years and you can't just get the NHL right back in and playing games. These guys haven't even been on the ice yet. I mean, ponds were closed, so they can't, they can't skate. Hockey, yeah, you can rollerblade, but that's a that's a sport that's going to be tough to get back into. And now you remember you remember how to skate, but your conditioning levels, my God, dude. I right. can tell you about getting back on the ice after a while I'm not playing and how I'll do two 45-second shifts and be done for the rest of the game. And these guys, yeah, they're professionals, but – in the NHL, it's going to be a lot of guys who are either really working hard on the on this time, taking advantage of it, or guys who are literally probably just drinking beer. I, I'm Same serious. With the NBA. About that. Same I'm with serious. the NBA. Yeah. Like people's going to lose. Some of these guys are going to lose their shot because they've been just playing 2K and thinking, "Oh, I'm doing my shots there." You know? This may be a you know who really is who is the guy that's going to stand up for us. Really, maybe right. a real eye opener. Like, well, how responsible just- are you? It's interesting because, like, you brought up uh, a sport like hockey and, in my opinion, a sport like football. Those are contact sports where you need that feeling of getting hit again. You know, that, there's a reason why in football they have that session in July where they start taking off the pads in August and they start letting them hit each other because – Oh, dude, it sucks. That's, you got to – like, if these guys are training at home, when the hell – they're not going to be prepared to take hits again. You know, they got to get back into that feeling. Taking hits is awful. <laughs> Going full pads like for the yeah. first time in three months is terrible. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's like Oklahoma drill. God damn it. Like, come on, guys. NASCAR is a much better situation than that. Just, you know, you don't really have much physical contact unless you're crashing to a wall. Well, of course, NASCAR, <laughs> sure. I mean, these guys have had. These guys for two months have had queer interstate where they can practice going yeah, back yeah. anyway. So there you go. Shit, I practice every day. <laughs> Brandon's making a comeback in NASCAR, probably getting a race in or two. Now I think they're only racing in Carolina from what I understand, right? They're racing in Darlington and Charlotte. I mean it's gonna really? depend on how some of these it's gonna depend on how Loose these states are. I mean, I haven't heard. I've heard Georgia kind of had a bad reopening a little bit, but I haven't heard anything about Texas lately. And they just reopened. What it was Friday. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear nothing about any other state doing anything besides obviously New Jersey and a little bit in New York. I mean, New York is probably going to be the last one to do it. Yeah, Jersey. Yeah, all these areas up here. They're in a pact. I think. I think New York. New Jersey, Delaware, and Massachusetts are in like almost like a pact that they're Connecticut, doing the you mean? Well, yeah, Massachusetts. All the way up, all the way up, pretty much this whole Northeast. I think all the states signed almost like agreed to like do the same thing. Who knows, man? At least Florida, it's like rednecks, right we need the beach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dad doing, Wes? Is he because I know a lot of people down in Florida right now, and it's just it just seems like it's another another day down there. 
Well, let's ask Brandon Farrell because he's the one that's live on the scene right now at uh, Tom Brady <laughs> Tampa Beach. Um, Florida <laughs> is – I mean, it, it was shut down and things were shut down, but things are opening back up. I mean, it's not like people are just living recklessly down here like the media and the news portrays it. I mean, it's just like up there in New Jersey and New York. People are staying in their house. Roads have been empty. But now that things are starting to open back up, people are coming back out. I mean, dude, one of the parks down the street from my house just opened back up today. And it was uh, it was pretty busy. And beaches are starting to open back up. I'm sure they were busy. I didn't get a chance to go. But, I mean, people need to get out, man. People need to get out of their house. And you really can't tell them to do it safely and social distance. and Because they're not yeah. going to listen anyway. They're, 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 yeah. they're excited to get out. And they're ready to go back to, to, to life. So, whether you want to be smart about it or not, that's your decision. But people just have to get back to life. And, I mean, down here they're doing it just like every other state. <clears throat> yeah, I think the Kentucky Derby's pushed back to September. It was supposed to be today. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was 100. I think the U.S. Open? Is it the U.S. Open or British Open was supposed to be this weekend too? I think that was the U.S. Open. I think the U.S. Open was supposed to be this week, too, but they pushed all the golf majors back, too. So go ahead, Ant. Yeah, it was the 146th Kentucky Derby. It was supposed to be today, and they, uh, they decided to move it back to uh, September 5th. So, I mean, good, because, like, I heard that animals were getting sick from this, too. So can you imagine if your million-dollar racehorse got sick with coronavirus? <laughs> like, I could see the jockey would that. be... What a storyline that would be. Yeah. What a comeback oh story, too, to win the Kentucky Derby while being on coronavirus. Yeah. What if the horse is named coronavirus at this point? Like, oh, you got to know there's at least There's got to be at least yeah. one that has something something yeah. near that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the tiger from the Bronx Zoo got coronavirus. So yeah. The tiger can get it. The, definitely a racehorse can. The stallion. <laughs> that's crazy do you know damn well like if next year or in september if there's a horse that's named corona that's gonna be the favorite oh like, everyone's gonna gamble on that horse <laughs> like crazy absolutely odds are one to one don't even bet on any other horse <laughs> i mean it's it's gonna happen or there's gonna be like a virus horse and everyone's gonna be like well this is the year of the virus go for yeah. it yeah and now we got now we got like murderous bees or something like that, killer bees. Now that that are going to keep people. Around. I saw that. What the hell was that about? Like that's uh, something I need to know. I don't know. <laughs> you need to know. Murderous bees, bro. I, I got to know my bees so that way if I get stung, I'd be like, all right, that's not too bad. But if it's like a murderous bee, what what the hell? I think people are bored. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, at least people are bored. We're getting these awesome documentaries and, like, profiles. But, like, murder bees, like, that's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. And, I, and I'm, like, into, like, animals and shit like that. I've, like, heard of, like, hornet wasps and, like, the, the sting wasps. or like, some crazy names like that. But, like, the murderous wasps. Like, think about that bee. That bee's got a lot of pressure. That thing's got to kill something in order to live up to the name. Anywho, we talk about docu series. What a transition that is! Docu series <laughs> with. Uh, I think we should do a Bench Bros uh, animal series. <laughs> Everybody yeah. pick an animal, and we'll do some research. Yeah, we'll do featuring Tom Brady. Yeah, Nat Geo special. Nat could dress up as Steve Irwin. Got the whole like tan short shorts on. 
Rest <laughs> in peace, Steve. Rest in peace. <laughs> well, well uh, Alex Smith had an awesome E60 that came out detailing yeah, that story about his broken leg, which I remember that happening and seeing on Twitter just like his whole legs now. I was watching that game on Red Zone, and you just saw the fracture, and it ended up being 30 years to the day where Joe Theismann had the same injury, which Ooh. is absurd. <sighs> My God. I, uh, I, I didn't see it in person, I don't think. That was two years ago, about almost two years, but I watched the video. I watched the whole E60, and uh, it's just so much mass and so much velocity coming right on that leg. It had nowhere to go besides just to snap right in half, and that was a nasty break. You can literally see the, the leg broken. It was so clear. And, uh, yeah, they talked about everything, about him getting a surgery and thought everything was going to be fine, and then it got infected. And, uh, I mean, Wes, you saw it too. You saw how uh, his leg was just disgusting i i couldn't even believe what i was seeing honestly i've never seen an injury like that um even working physical therapy and just going through a lot of injuries i've never seen anything even near that and it, they brought him to that um hospital um well that naval base in san antonio where they treated his injury as a um what was it like an explosive injury where or whatever you want to call it like a military grade injury where you you're limb literally gets blown off it's is is crazy if you guys if any of you guys didn't watch it yet you definitely should uh check it out yeah i, I didn't get a chance to watch oh, it yet Brandon hasn't watched it yet i mean they had to remove all the tissue that was infected which was basically the whole entire part of the leg like half of the leg down there yeah yeah, that's just, that's just disgusting. Now, speaking from a guy who's had his leg operated on, I mean, like, the the infection part is, like, a big concern, making sure that that wound does not get infected because you don't want to go in for another operation. Fortunately, it wasn't, but to see it, Alex Smith, it, it looked like a good incision after um, they operated it on the first day. So, I mean, I could totally see – you know, the doctors being surprised that it got infected so bad that quick. It was literally the day right after he got operated on. Body heals quick. Yeah, for him. Crazy. Yeah. If that was anybody else, it probably would have took a couple days for that to show up. But him, he's probably moving through the motion so quick as a pro athlete that, you know, it got to it quicker. But he literally almost lost his leg. And I'm going to write a blog on this. I haven't already started. But I'm going to write a blog on it. And um, because that injury is, it's both bones completely broken, fractured, like a compound fracture. Right is that what it's the, called? Uh, compound fracture? Yeah, yeah. Compound is completely through stress fractures, just like a crack. So he, he had hardware in there and everything. I saw all the pictures and the x rays. And dude, it's, I don't even know. I've never seen that, that thing around his leg. You know what I'm talking about? It was like that circle. It was Metal. a circle like rod. I don't even know what that was. I've never seen anybody with that. He showed up to. Uh, he was sitting courtside for a Wizards game with that thing on. Yeah. I think it was last year or the year before. But yeah, he was courtside with that. Uh, the circle rings. I, I don't know what the hell those things are. I don't know. It definitely just keeps everything in place. But I've never seen that. Exactly I don't even know how this dude was. is going to try to return to the NFL. There's no way you come back from that. The only thing that worries me is not the mu- not the bones breaking; it's the muscles because they shaved out 
the muscles from his leg. So it's, I'm going to guess it's hard to grow those muscles back if you're taking them out because there's only a certain amount of area that can probably grow. And genetically, you have a genetic cap. But they, I think they took muscle from his thigh or for his, from his calf from his and other, brought it to the front. From his other quadricep. So like on the other leg, the quad there. Yeah, and his calf, I think. And they took some from there and then put it on the leg because they had to literally cut it all out. So for him to return to the NFL in the way the NFL is nowadays, I don't even know if that's really possible. He may be able to be a backup, but a starter, I don't know about that. I give him credit for wanting to come back and play. I mean, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a journey, man. Like, I don't know how it probably would take two, three, or four years just to get back into like football groove. He would need this guy would literally need minimum three years, probably for real, like from just nonstop. And he's getting older, ridiculous. I think he's thirty-four. He's the same age as Aaron Rodgers. He's thirty-six. Then thirty-six or thirty-five. Well, he'll be thirty. He'll be thirty-six then. No, I've I've been on the Alex Smith like train the whole entire time because I thought Alex Smith is a great quarterback for your franchise because all he does is win games. That's the number one goal in the NFL is win. But you know, you he doesn't really have the great arm talent or arm strength that some of these other guys do that probably would impress coaches the other way. But give him credit, he just wins, man. All he does is win, and it took a San Francisco fumble that the Giants recovered, and this guy would have been in the Super Bowl. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have saw the Mario Manningham catch against New England. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say I'm a big fan of Alex Smith, and uh, you know, it surprised me he did want to come back and play again. I mean, he's not going uh, to be the same quarterback he was, but, I mean, he was a damn good quarterback um, well, for a while, and I was kind of shocked when, um, when he went to Kansas City. And then they replaced him with Patrick Mahomes, but obviously that was the right move to draft Patrick Mahomes and seeing as what happened. It <laughs> yeah, like when the, injury, when the injury happened, the Redskins were in first place of the NFC East at 6-2. and two. So this totally changed the whole way the Redskins' um, operation went. Like we probably would have never fired Bruce Allen or Jay Gruden if, the, if Alex Smith was still playing. Like they were first in the NFC East at that time. At six and two, and then ever since then they've been complete dog shit. My favorite quality of somebody like Alex Smith is perception. So here's a guy that got gets drafted to the 49ers as we a got first Chris Hollingsworth here. Here's a guy. Now here's a guy <laughs> who played 69 seasons in the NHL. I mean the NFL. But no, seriously. Perception. Because he's been he got drafted first round, first pick, 2005, to the 49ers. Huge expectations. Then got traded to the Chiefs and then to the Redskins and broke his leg. And he's just grateful just to play the game. He's a guy who you want on your team. Seriously. He may not, like you said, Wes, he may not be – he just wins. He may not have the best arm, but he's just a competitor. He's a natural competitor, and he's very humble. But at the same time, he's he wants to win games, and he'll do anything to do it, to anything to get that. Bobby, you have been focusing on Tua coming back from an injury. Now you look at the Alex Smith injury. Do you think he has the ability to come back, or do you think it's just a career ender and you should be a quarterback coach or something? <sighs> I mean, it's it's such a different injury. I mean, um, you know, Tua's that got the hip thing. 
when and then he's got a few other things that you know people have come back from but this is this is something completely shattered completely oh, i don't know man it's like uh like everyone else said i think it's one of those things where it's going to take a lot of rehab even to get back into the league and play at that level and you know to a as much as you know, people bring it up to it. He he resumed football play fairly quickly, so he didn't really lose much timing. He didn't lose much stuff because he was back throwing within you know a few months. This you know we don't know how how often he's been throwing with with NFL caliber receivers. You know if he's throwing with NFL caliber type of receivers, it's all about timing. If you lose that timing with the quarterback, that's a huge thing that people overlook. It's you know getting out there that's and very throwing true. throwing to those type of athletes. It, it's different. So. You know, it's getting, and then, and then you have that fear. Can he get back in that pocket and, and, and act the same, you know, cause it's all about true, pocket presence. True. So he might be Eli Manning who just falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeez, for real. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, can you stay in that pocket and, you know, pick apart a defense being, you know, unafraid. And he seems to have that type of mentality, but it's different when you're out there, man. You know, it's, it's a lot different when you have these linemen that you're afraid of your own linemen. One of the number one things you're always afraid of is I'd be like afraid of my own linemen running up on my own leg. You know, a lot of times it's not even a matter of the other team. You're always afraid of someone else on your own team rolling up on you and screwing something up. So, dude, when I came, when I came back from my ACL, they put me on kickoff, which I was like, "Damn, this is how I got hurt." Like, it's always in so in the worst way. It's never. I ran down. I ran down the field like in my lane, and I saw like the the cross guy. Like you know how a guard pulls on power, so they do that on kickoffs too. And I saw that guy coming. He was supposed to lay me out. (laughs) So I kind of like did the Olay thing, and then the runner just followed that blocker. I was like, <laughs> damn. I, I didn't want to take that hit because I was like scared of taking that hit, and I got so chewed out for doing that oh, by my sick. coach. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I mean, the Heisman went out by LT. At least, you know, that's a good way to go if you're going to go out, right? I mean, I mean, well, I think JJ Watt was part of the sack, too. So it's like, oh, hey, you know, JJ did this. Right, right? exactly. Like, hey, right. you can't really argue with that. Alex Smith's had a great career, made it like a Super Bowl appearance, even though he didn't start as a quarterback, won a bunch of games. I think he's like six, like one over 60 games. I mean, he was really good with those won, Kansas City teams. I think he won 60 games in five seasons or something like that, or 50 games in five seasons or six seasons, whatever yeah, no, it was. He had good stats. The kid just wins. Yeah. That's all he does. Well, I wouldn't call him a kid because he's like 15 years older than me. but <laughs> Or 10. I'm 10. I'm not that young. But, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Alex Smith come back. But I just don't see it realistically happening, especially with the way the quarterback yeah. market is right now. For me, it's age. I mean, that's – if he was in his 20s, I think it definitely would be a little bit more possible. But 35 is mm. not old. But 35 with a compound fracture and 17 surgeries is kind of a kind of a you know a problem. I think I mean, just don't go back to the Redskins because it's built on like an Indian burial ground at this point or something. I mean, no pun intended, but I mean like that that that's just a curse for quarterbacks down there. RG three, it really is RG three on that freaking grass, dude. That grass mm-hmm. is awful. RG three. RG3 was like a test dummy for like a car manufacturer, though. He would just throw himself in the way of anything. And that was the last thing any coach wanted you to do was go run, go do everything and run, like run the play. It was serious, though. He would run almost every single time and just 
Like I give it to him for he brought the heart out there, but he brought the RPO to the NFL, and the 49ers kind of took that with uh, Colin Kaepernick. But Colin Kaepernick was just not an accurate passer. You can say all you want about Colin Kaepernick, but he was just oh, not an accurate passer. RG three had the arm had the arm to go along with it. He was pretty accurate. It was just yep. that field at FedEx Field, guys. I sat probably 10 rows up from it when me and my dad went to like a Vikings and uh, a Redskins game when Donovan McNabb and Brett Favre were the quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, talk about change. But um, oh, Breaking news. Breaking news. Cowboys signed a- Andy Dalton. <laughs> Cowboys? Wow. Yeah. Wow. What? To sit they, under Dak? Well, they $3 million need guaranteed one year. Well, they needed a backup quarterback because it was just Dak Prescott there. Wow, that's Jack Prescott hasn't even signed the franchise tag yet. That's really interesting. Maybe it'll be a good fit. How about that? Listen, Jerry's making moves from his yacht in the middle of who knows where. Dude, I want that yacht so bad. I really do. That yacht is so gorgeous. I mean, he's literally drafting in like a – everyone's thinking (laughs) it's a luxurious house, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's on a boat. When they drafted CD, I was like, it's totally going to, it's totally a Jerry move because he loves his like toys. And it's like something the Cowboys did not. It's such a Jerry pick. It's the last thing they needed. And everyone sitting there in the house that that knows football is like, he probably has not told any of his team that he's drafting a receiver right here. And he just probably called it in from his ship. I'm taking CD Lamb. And then probably told the rest of the staff after the pick was in. And they're probably like so confused what happened. He was like, listen, I just took my guy. Well, Andy Dalton played at TCU, and he's a Texas kid, so yeah. makes sense. I mean, they all are, right? <laughs> the Red Rifle joins Dak Prescott. You know, I, I think if Dak Prescott plays like very poorly, you're going to start seeing signs like "Put the Red Rifle in." That team should will, be really good this year. Will the Red Rifle win the starting job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, in that offense. Well, we don't even know if Dak's going to come back yet because he hasn't signed the franchise tag or no contract negotiations or nothing has come out. I don't know what type of money he's looking for. I mean, I don't think he's convinced anyone. Yeah, Forty right million at least. He, he's been that. He's been eyeballing that forty million. He's trying to get that. But the you're only one that's eligible to get that is Patrick Mahomes. To be you're honest, not he's Russell saying. Wilson, man. Russell Wilson yeah. taking what thirty-five? He just signed for. I think. Like you gotta look at the recent quarterback contracts with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz giving out a hundred mil, and those have turned out to be like risky moves. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Wilson was the last one that was like a respectable guy that got a contract, and I think his was 35. And Dak is not on that level. It's crazy to even say a quarterback's worth 35 million to where where the Broncos had Peyton Manning for literally 22 million. And Peyton Manning was at the top of the list. And it's like, wow. Rodgers was making only like 20-something thousand. I mean, 20-something million. I think Tom Brady was making 15 or 16. Oh, his (laughs) whole career, yeah. yeah. That's because his supermodel wife is making all the money at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, if if there's a good process, don't break it, you know? I mean, if you're having dinner dinner at the Brady house, Wes, you're probably like saying to your wife, listen, do you like the way I look? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell my team to pay me less money. You make the money, I'll keep the way my face looks for the rest of my life. You know, invest, <laughs> invest around me. 
Because he never got touched in New England, man. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a good move for Andy. He gets to sit behind uh, Dak Prescott, assumingly. Uh, probably retools his mechanics a little bit. Maybe he gets a little tryout in preseason and say one of these big teams that only has one quarterback, they go down. Potential trade partner that Andy Dalton could go through. Yeah, yeah look, from that perspective, there's at least one quarterback that goes down for the season. It's a it puts a little pressure on Dak to sign that contract now too, in, in one way or not. Well, this is more of a Jameis Winston move, in my opinion, because what? It's only a one-year contract, right? Yeah, it's one year, seven million. That's three million is guaranteed, man. That's a great contract for Andy Dalton. Yeah. I agree. Jameis Winston only signed like a one million. The Saints are pretty much like, all right, we'll give you a million dollars. Nothing more, nothing less. Take it, Winston. <laughs> and apparently with his 2020 vision, he signed the contract perfectly and didn't accept <laughs> the other team. So, <laughs> uh, James yeah. Winston should be happy getting anything right now with the season he had last year. I was, well, I he's on the Saints crazy. now. I saw a crazy stat to where, like, he threw more passes to Saints players than Taysom Hill had. What, what was that stat? That's where I was going with that joke. <laughs> I mean, that's really impressive to do. Be like, oh, they call you the bat, like the media's blowing you to be the next guy. Yeah, I've thrown more passes to your teammates. You don't even know. So one domino down with the um, quarterback market. The only thing I want to talk about, last thing we'll touch on a bit, is the USA women's uh, soccer team about the whole pay. Now, they're really starting to get into this topic. They're bringing it to the U.S., to the, I think the district court, and they want to be paid just as much as men. I mean, what do you guys think about this? Well, what? The federal judge said um, he pretty much shut it down. was like, no. Well, no. Shut I just it down. I think he looked into it, and like over the last five years, the women have been getting gro- their grosses more than the men. I, there was like a thirty-four page like document that came out. I, I vaguely went into this story, and that's what I heard out of it. You know, I mean, the U.S. women national team has made a shit ton of money. I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time women's soccer in the World Cup and stuff doesn't even come close to what the men's World Cup does. It's about viewership and sponsorship. So it's like, you know. I'll say this because I I probably – I follow this a lot because I I shoot a lot of the games and I follow – Yeah, you shoot shoot for like the women's team when they're in Newark, right? Yeah, I've followed them around. I've I've done media day and stuff with them a few times. I know a lot of the players, but – uh, I, I respect what they're going for. I don't. I haven't read a much, a much on it recently, but what I can say is, I personally think the money thing is is overblown. I think the thing that really irks me is the fact that it's everything else other than the money right now. Like the fields that they're being forced to play on for a World Cup a few years ago was like turf that never happened with the men. You know, some of their training facilities, it's not even on par with some of the men. You know, and considering like the women in our country, they are treated a lot better than women in other countries when it comes to sports programs for women. So there's that. But we are the United States. And the fact that the men get a lot better like treatment is ridiculous. Some of the fields that they're playing on for their leagues could be better. I mean, put them in stadiums. They're working towards that. They've been playing in MLS stadiums for the NWSL, which is great. 
But I think that's where they need to get better. As far as the money, I'm not sure. I don't want. I could be wrong on this, but I feel like they bank more percentage of the cup than the men. So I know well, the men can't even make the freaking World Cup. That's <laughs> right. Well, that's partially because, like I said, I feel like the women in other countries are getting better, and the U.S. are going to be in a hell. The U.S. women are in for a hell of a hell of an awakening because other countries are starting to fund their women's programs and that's when it's going to catch up to this team they're great and all but the men the reason the men everyone in the world funds their soccer teams that's not in america you know not many people were funding their women's soccer teams until recently so i think the women are going to get more competition now yeah the um, europeans were like those damn americans they can't yeah. win soccer yeah, oh, yeah 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 so brandon you got thoughts um Damn, put me on the spot. Yeah, do it, man. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I don't know too much about it, so I don't really want to speak on it, but I know it's been going on for a while, um, and I don't understand. I, I mean, you said they've been looking over it for, what, like five years now, the federal judge? So, I mean, the way the media portrays it, it was just dismissed, and they don't give you any backstory. But, I, I mean – the, the women are a lot better than the men, and they're a lot more entertaining to watch than the men, in my opinion. So, I mean, they should be treated equally or better. I mean, so like you said, the money, they shouldn't be going for more money, but they should be, they should be going for better treatment, better facilities, better stuff like that. I mean, like I said, they're more entertaining than the men, and they've done a lot more than the men. I completely agree with Brandon and Bobby as far as – don't worry so much about the money because the way I see it is if, if you have a company and you make a million dollars and you have 10 people and everyone's equal, how much is everyone getting? 100000 So how are you going to get 250000 each if our company only makes a million? See what I'm saying? And there's got to be a number of amount of money that the women's team brings in that they can give yeah. to the players. Right. So it has to be realistic and they have to be able to close that gap between soccer and business to the players. If that's what their concern is. Now, I, I don't know if this is exactly how it goes, but that's my best guess. But yeah, absolutely. I rather watch the USA women's hockey team and soccer team than the men at times because they are more, they're more receptive to, um, the game, it seems like, at, at times. I feel like they're a little bit more focused. I mean, it really depends on the day at times, but um, I definitely enjoy watching them play, and they should get equal treatment as what we get, too, because right. at the end of the day, everybody's equal. So if that is training facilities, they should get the same. Men and women should get the same training facility type of equipment, or mm -hmm. if that's what it calls for, or they should be able to play on the same field or a field that's better for them. Whereas right. I know in turf, women have a, like a, I think it's a six times more likely to tear their ACL genetically than men. So really? turf probably isn't, yeah. So turf probably huh. isn't really a good um, place for them to play. Rather, they should probably play on grass because it's forgiving. So the cleat yeah. doesn't get stuck in the air. But I'm just saying that you never know, you know, it could happen anywhere. But yeah, they definitely should be treated equal for sure. I the said. The men I said don't play on Hold on, Bobby. I haven't spoken yet. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm going off of what your friend just said. The men do not play any competition competitively on turf. It doesn't happen. Like, when it comes to world stage, it's always on grass. The fact that the women had to play a World Cup, never mind just a competitive friendly, on turf is ridiculous. That's true. 
That's true. I, I just look at it from the business side of things. You know, men's soccer is, you know, it's it's just kind of hard because it's it's more popular. It's been around for a while. The women's sports have surged up, and kudos to them. But it's the sponsorship money is all going. It's for men is a lot higher than the women's are. I mean, we saw when the men were in the 2014 World Cup, but you saw merchandise everywhere promoting like "Go USA, Go," and for like the women's World Cup that was just recently in what was it last year you didn't really yeah. see much you didn't yeah. really see much from like coca-cola or like those big corporate sponsors that normally sponsors the u.s men's team but i mean i'm just looking at it from the money perspective of course they deserve better facilities and stuff but at the same time it's just what resources do we have to spend that money i mean i'm coming <laughs> from the business side of things because Williamsburg kind of had the same thing with uh the Getting the turf field for like the soccer and field hockey teams to where we get a better better pool for like the swimmers because like we had a leak or whatever. So it's like it's all about fun. Yeah, exactly. Fun. So, yeah. Men's sports have always overshadowed women. No matter. I mean, no if you look at the budget, if you look at the budget from like the men's World Cup compared to the women, the men bring in like billions of dollars compared yeah. to the women. Where it's, it's like, Mills. It's just the way it is, Brandon. You're right. It's just the way it is. It's it's. If they started a women's football league right now, I think a lot of people would watch it. But I don't think they take it as serious as the NFL. But know? real quick, real quick, no. who, who is the majority of people that watches sports? Men. So that's why it's always overshadowing. And and not a lot of men are into women's sports. Look, I'm sure we all are. I I, I followed every game of the women's soccer when they were in the World Cup. Every yeah. game I followed. Oh, I gambled on it. Of course, of, of course, course you did. <laughs> of course, Scott. I made money. five thousand dollars on the game. Yeah. On <laughs> hey, money's made to be earned. Well, shit, I gamble on it too. They won every game. They did. You should gamble <laughs> on Ohio State. You'll win every single dollar back. Well, nah, no, no, they nah, lost nah, the Clemson. Nah, I won nah. that. <laughs> oh, we're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> Please. Well, well, no, I would say. The brightest spot of the NHL All-Star game this year was in the skills challenge when they had Team Canada versus Team USA, and it was the women's teams. And like that uh, – what, Bobby, what was it? Three-on-three three that they did? Yeah, they did three-on-three, three and then they, they uh, last year they added uh, the one to the fastest skater competition. Yeah, I think yeah, the three-on-three three game was so much better than the actual All-Star game. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. They went pedal to the metal in those games. And, like, the uh, what was the, the Olympic Games for women's hockey was awesome, too, when they played Canada. Yeah. Just the men's uh, USA team has just not been doing hockey. pretty good. Wes, when we were at NHL, one of the last clips we did was the International Women's Day. And I was – Oh, you got hammered for dude, that. Yeah. I was even appalled. Like – because I get it. I get the side where, you know, men like their men's sports. They like, And men, you know, they're physically more gifted and all this other stuff. But I was appalled, and Greg was too, at the comments we got from the International Women's Day where they gave the women one day to, like, announce the games and, like, commentate the games. The amount of people, like, on the interwebs that are just losers. They're obviously just losers at home. They're all from Montreal. It's unbelievable <laughs> how they were just, like, I want Doc Emmerich back. Like these girls suck. They don't know how to analyze Doc hockey. Emmerich. When 
It's like dude, it was terrible. It was really cambric. It was brutal. brutal. Oh, and it hits the post. Shattered pipe. And it's a two one the other way down the ice. That's exactly how he sounds. Oh ricochet. And he scores. You got Pierre in the box just interrupting all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. How he's from one. He's been doing that since he was five. <laughs> Back to you, Sharpie. <laughs> there was a time last year where Pierre almost got hit with the puck, and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> you guys probably don't know this. You guys probably don't know who this is, but Steve Coates, he was a uh, Flyers um, commentator guy, like down on the ice. He was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Coates, Steve still does it. Does he? No, I don't think so anymore. He he was good. He did all the Flyers games. He, well, now, he was now I got my girl Taryn, so it's okay. I'm, Taryn. I'm fine. Oh, Hatcher? Yeah. Hatcher, yeah. That's yeah. right. With uh, what's his name in the booth? Oh, man. I, I know her daughter. Patrick uh, Sharp? No, no, no. no, no. The booth. Flyers game. Jackson. Uh, oh, oh, Keith. Ch- I know who you're talking about. Guys yeah, got like a mustache kind of thing. And the Flyers. <laughs> and the Flyers go on a power play. I mean, uh, I met that guy at Bloom. He was He's a pretty stand-up guy, but just hearing them go, and the Flyers are on the power play. <laughs> I, dude, you do it very well. I, I like Doc Emmerich, though. He's definitely my favorite. Bobby, you can agree with this. Um, Tom always did like the best uh, Jackson impression. Oh, I mean, Tom was king of a lot of a lot of impressions. That's <laughs> <laughs> he pretty much was just to hear that and the flyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that is all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us. If you have any suggestions or comments going forward, give us a message, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the Rogers situation. If sports should come back in time, the whole Alex Smith documentary. And we also got the MJ thing coming up. I'm, Trying to get some people to come on and talk about that whole uh, documentary when it's all said and done. I mean, that's a fantastic documentary, too. If you haven't watched that yet, you can go ahead, go to ESPN and watch all the episodes so far. I mean, they've done a great job with the whole bold and documentary laying out what's been going on with um, the team of the 90s, essentially. So we are on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Anchor and everywhere else where podcasts are available. Make sure you go ahead and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Original Bench Bros. That's the Instagram name, and Bench Bros 2019 for Facebook and Twitter. So, again, thank you for listening. Last thoughts before we go to Trailerville again. We have to go back to Trailerville? I don't really touch We have to. Everybody get in the car. We're going to Trailerville. <laughs> oh, God. So, Trailer- Do people actually listen to this part of the podcast? No, nah, they're Do mostly people- done. People love this part. It's NASCAR. It, dude, if you don't like NASCAR, you can get the hell out. All right, that's it for trailer folks. So, uh, <laughs> Bobby, thanks well, again. There is, there is nothing going on in NASCAR, so yeah, go, uh, go Truex, baby. So, Bobby, thanks again for joining. By the way, what's your draft, ga- uh, draft grade for the Dolphins? Uh, I give them, a, I give them a, an, an A-. minus. Oh my god. Come on, be really D plus. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Like they, they got their future franchise quarterback and they built the line. I mean, I don't know how you can be angry. I give them a B. I give them a B. It's a solid B. All right. Well, hashtag two a time. 
So that's all I got. Brandon gave the Giants an F. Uh, Anthony the Dolphins an F. Stop it. I gave the Giants a solid C+. Their first two picks were good, though, the Giants. I thought both picks were solid. C plus, and I'm taking points off because Gettleman's an idiot and he's not fired <laughs> just for it's wearing a, a mask in his freaking house. Dude, yeah, my God. All right, <laughs> I'm going to explain. Good for him. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. We keep you up to date on every single sports headline on those pages. The we website. post the news about Andy Dalton, so you might as well follow us there. And go to the website at benchrosports.com. It will transfer you to the benchbros.wordpress.com as well. So uh, we keep you up to date on those stories as well over there. We're getting the blog going. Make sure you go and follow that blog for any other updates. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope you join us next time on Bench Bros. We out. Bench Bros.